0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Unlimited Chelsea podcast. My name is Maxwell and I will be your host. This first episode will just be by myself, but I'm hoping to bring in guests to my show as we go on. So anyways, I should introduce myself. My name is Maxwell, like I said, and I have supported Chelsea for the last seven years. I started watching soccer in my first year of university um, and it was just something that I used to pass the time. Um, But then the more I started watching, the more I fell in love with the sport and the more I fell in love with Chelsea. So this is a Genius Hour project that I'm doing for my tech class at university, but I'm hoping to carry on this project beyond this class um, if this podcast is successful. So first off, I wanna say thank you for listening. um, And here we go. So first thing we can talk about today is the new third kit that was released by Chelsea um, the other day. Um, So it had been a while, um, but figured that this kit would come out right around the uh, international break um, when Europa League is on the loom, so my first overall opinions on this kit was it was a it was a pretty nice kit. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like the ice pattern. It almost kind of looks like it's a weather pattern on the sh- on the shirt, with all the different lines and stripes, and looks pretty nice. And I'm not gonna lie, the Honda sponsor on the sleeve does look pretty nice. Um, it's kind of odd to compliment a sponsor on a jersey, but the Yokohama and Honda designs on the kit actually do look pretty good. Um, And one of the first things that makes this kit stand out is the Nike connect design that's on it as well um, Which gives fans access to customizable content and exclusive content as well um, Including making their own custom fan jersey I don't know where this fan jersey is gonna end up if Chelsea's actually gonna use this fan jersey But I do think it's a pretty cool content um, and lets fans be a little bit more creative with the club So overall, I think the third kit is pretty nice. Um, I'm excited to see it in Europa League and a couple games in the Premier League. I think it looks pretty good compared to other year's third kits. I'm not gonna lie, the black kit last year did look pretty snazzy. Um, But this one is definitely up there as well. I like that they used the blue scheme as well. Um, It's not Manchester City blue, which is always good. But, you know what, it looks pretty good, it's something different, it stands out, so I think it's a pretty good jersey overall. So, moving on, um, since we are talking, um, it was the international break, Um, so there was no football this weekend, unfortunately, well no club football at least. Um, But there was quite a bit of Blues who went out on action, Um, so for Spain, Spain had the most Chelsea players out for them, so Kappa. One out there, uh, Cesar Azpilicueta, Marcos Alonso, and Alvaro Morata. Um, Italy had Zapacosta, Emerson, and Jorginho. France had two returning World Cup winners in N'Golo Conte and Olivier Giroud. And for Wales, Ethan and Padu was called up for the senior team, once again just showing how impressive this kid is for his age. Um, so first, talking about Ethan and Padu, um you can't deny how good this kid was. Like he was incredible for Ireland versus Wales. Um, me personally, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but looking back on the stats, what this kid has done has been incredible. Playing in the midfield, not not as a center back in the midfield, um, he put in a pretty solid performance. So he put in about sixty-seven minutes. Um, he did assist a goal. Um, still managed to get three tackles and two interceptions, and had an eighty-six overall passing accuracy. I mean. The kid was pretty solid for his first, well, um, one of his first caps, and I'm pretty sure that Giggsy will be calling him up very soon. Moving on to the powerhouse that's known as Belgium, um, they also put in a very solid performance uh, versus Scotland. So Mishi did have a brace um, and another goal and assist for Hazard. So Eden Hazard has played in three games this season for Chelsea and Belgium, and every game he's gotten player of the match. Like, Eden Hazard, I don't know, it's just when he comes into a game, he steps in, he takes control, and he just makes the game his. And you can't deny the presence that he has when he is on and off the field. Um, And as for Mishi, you know, it's more confidence, it's a shame that he's not at Chelsea this year. um, Which I'll get to, I'll explain that in a little bit. Um, But you know, I do hope he learns on his loan, and you know, scoring all these international goals can only be better for his confidence. And the reason why I kind of wish that Mishi was at Chelsea, um, moving on to one of our next blues that's on international break is Olivier Giroud. And right now, he has played over 900 minutes without scoring a goal. So I don't know if that's something to worry for Chelsea fans or what to think about, but I mean, thinking about it, 900 minutes is quite a long time without scoring a goal. When you think about it, that's their entire France World Cup campaign from beginning all the way to the finals and he hasn't scored a goal. So. I don't want to worry about it, but then at the same time, you know, it is not really good. Um, Anyways, moving on, Um, Jorginho was pretty solid in a 1-1 draw versus Poland, and Zappacosta did get the start, Uh, but the big talking point was Jorginho and his penalties, so he did score a penalty um, in this 1-1 draw, and one thing that's really impressed me with Jorginho is not only is he just a midfield director, like he just bosses everything in the midfield, but this man is insane with his penalties and like that, that little stutter he does in the middle that tricks the goalie like it's unbelievable um he's definitely one of the first persons i'd put on a penalty sheet and he's kind of even challenging eden hazard you know eden hazard used to be one of our uh, main penalty takers but you know i would be more than comfortable with Jorginho and eden hazard splitting penalties because you know they're both pretty solid um elsewhere clark slater tamari abraham and mason mount were playing for the under 21 england squad um, and you've got to give caps to Mason Mount. This kid has had quite the rise in football. You know, think a couple years ago he was playing for our reserves. He had the really solid loan move to Vitesse. Um, and he, really, he was really solid in that league. Um, and now he's in the championship playing under Frank Lampard. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. He's been pretty solid so far. Um, and I think he well deserves his under 21 England call up. Um, and then Another major talking point that not only Chelsea fans but other people had, was um, Rüdiger playing for Germany. Um, and I don't know if you were able to see the game, but in this game there was an unintentional neck stomp on Pavard, where Rüdiger actually stepped on Pavard's neck. Um, I don't know if you saw the photos, but it was he, he, he did get him pretty good. Um, Rüdiger was quick to post after the game apologizing for the incident and stated that it was not intentional. Um, so that kind of cleared the air there, but it was an unfortunate incident, but yeah, you got to feel for Pavard because it did look pretty rough. Well. Um, and then the other blues that I want to talk about um, for Spain, um, more particularly, is Marcos Alonso. But I'm going to get to that one later because Marcos Alonso is always kind of a interesting subject when it comes to Chelsea. I feel like fans are very, very divided on him. So anyways, moving on, we have our preview versus Cardiff. Um, so I feel like this is gonna be a pretty easy game for Chelsea. Um, I don't want to say that it's like a guaranteed win but I think Chelsea will be very comfortable in this game and with the right lineup and with the tactics like Sari has been producing I feel like Chelsea shouldn't run into too too many issues. Um, so for the estimated lineup I think we're definitely gonna stick with that attacking 4-3-3. Um, personally I think that Sari isn't really gonna change much I think it's gonna be Keppa and Net. And then a back four of Alonso, Rudiger, Luis, and Aspi on uh, right back. I think that Rudiger, Luis playing has been pretty good. Um, Luis has had his ups and downs. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Christensen get in the spot, but just going off of what I've seen, I think that Sari's going to put in Luiz. Um, the midfield uh, trio of Jorginho, Kovacic, and Conte has been really solid so far. I don't think Sari's going to change that up either. Kovacic proved um, in both his, well, both his appearances. Um, he's had the one substitute appearance when he came in with Hazard um, and then the one where he started the whole game And I think that he's really solidified himself as a contender in that midfield three and that he deserves to start um, And I really hope the coaches signs on a permanent deal because that Midfield trio could dominate the Premier League for years to come And then it's always interesting when you get to our top three the attacking three um, I think as usual Hazard will be starting and um, But then when it comes to striker, you know, it's really hard to tell You got Morata, he's been struggling, and then you also got Giroud who hasn't scored a goal in 900 minutes, so what are you going to do? But then, when you also think about it, Giroud did look pretty solid um, when he came on as a substitute in the last game. Um, Me, personally, I think I would start Giroud. Just having some of that veteran presence in the attack could be pretty solid. Um, and then I also think that Pedro is going to start on the other wing. Pedro has proved himself under Sarri. Um, he's built pretty good for the system. He's been scoring goals left, right and center, and I think that, uh, that he'll do solid. My predictions, I think it's going to be a 3-0 Chelsea win. I think that there's going to be goals from Eden Hazard. I think he's going to keep up his goal streak. I think Pedro is going to score and I'm just going to play a wild card and say that uh, Marcos Alonso will score as well. So let's go with 3-0 and we'll see how the game goes moving on to the next part of the podcast we have the europa league so this is kind of a new concept at chelsea you know we're kind of kind of used to champions league football so i think that uh europa league is gonna be kind of different but you know is what it is hopefully we can win this and yeah so anyway, so for the squad announcement that was just released a couple days ago so there were a few surprises. Um, the first one was in goalkeeping, um, the decision to leave out Rob Green and bring in Marcin Bulka. Um Even though he only played a few games in the preseason, Marcin Balka was actually pretty good. Um, even on the international break, he made some pretty solid saves for the young Polish team. Um, so you know what? I am for the move of bringing in Balka and leaving out Green. You know, Rob Green was pretty good in that penalty shootout, but you know what? I'm all for Marcin Barca, you know, let's bring in some youth and see how it goes. Um, As for defense, nothing too spectacular, I mean, Ethan Ampadu was included, I'm all for that, I think he's been pretty solid this year and he definitely deserves a shot. And you know, Europa League gives that chance for some of those younger players to have those solid game times against European opponents, you know, it's not top European opponents, but you know what, I think Ampadu deserves a shot. Um, Moving on to the midfield. Pretty much same, you know, you got Fabregas, Reginio Conte, Barkley, Loftus-Cheek, and Kovacic. Um, so no major changes. Um, Loftus-Cheek, I think he definitely deserves to start a few games in the Europa League. You know, he needs to start some games, build up his confidence. I mean, that guy's constantly getting called up to the England squad, but not starting for Chelsea. But then, you know, you have a guy like Kovacic coming in, and he's been really solid off the bat. So what do you do? So I think um, it's Europa League where he has to get that game time. And actually, the one thing that was interesting is that Danny Drinkwater was left out of the Europa League squad. And, you know, me personally, I find this an interesting decision because he's not going to start in the Premier League. And I guess really the only time he could have started are in cup games and these Europa League games. So the fact that he was left out of the squad was rather interesting for me. I mean, I'm not 100% against it. Um, I just found it an interesting decision. Um, And then moving on to forwards, Um, not too much has changed. I was really glad to see Hudson Odoi included, and I hope him and Impadu, like I said earlier, get those minutes. Um, And also the fact that Moses Victor Moses was classified as a forward, so it's kind of interesting to see how Sari has kind of viewed the remnants of the old Conte attacking five defenders at the back, and what he's done with our go-to wing backs. So you know. Marco Wanspo he's been, he's been pretty solid at left back. I think he has room to improve, um, but he's definitely been a lot better than people have been giving him credit for. So, you know, all for him. But then on the other side, you know, Victor Moses hasn't really proven himself as a right back. Um, and with guys on our team like Hazard, Pedro, Willian and Hudson-Odoi, I really don't think that Victor Moses is gonna get a lot of chances. So we'll see how it goes. Um, our first game is against uh, PAOK. Um, they're a team from the Greek Super League, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yep, the Greek Super League. Um, last year, they finished second in the league. Um, and they actually have a pretty decent stadium. You know, they can hold about 29,000 people in their stadium. Um, they've been pretty solid in the Greek League. Um, I don't think they're going to give us too, too much trouble in the league Um, but you know what I think I think it's good that we're in the Europa League you know I'd much rather be in Champions League but it is what it is you know it's better than no European football at all so I think uh, this first game will be a great test um, against PAOKFC um, and see how it goes but I think Chelsea are going to do pretty good and I think that we have a pretty solid chance of winning this competition so hopefully we go from there but I guess the first step is uh, winning the group I really don't think we'll have a problem with. Um, we're in a pretty easy group, um, so I think we're definitely favorites to win the group, yet alone the competition. Um, so, moving on, uh, we have the Lone Army update. So, this year's Lone Army was fairly large, I'm not gonna lie, um, but you know, with Chelsea, um, I'm not surprised at this point. It is what it is. Um, um, but the loan I's actually been doing pretty good this year. Um, the one move that was kind of a big surprise to me was uh, Charlie Masanda and him going to Betes. You know you don't want to say that it's a step back, but you know he looked really promising at Real Vitesse, um in the Spanish League and then comes back, starts a few games, and then goes on loan to Celtic and then well, we all know how that loan went. It was uh, pretty rough for him when he was recalled at the end of the season. Um, so you don't really know if the loan to the test is a step back or is it a step forward? You know, so many people have gone to the test and come back better players. You know, just look at Nemanja Matic, He went to the test. Um, Mason Mount. You know, he's pretty young, but um, you can't deny that his year at the test was pretty good for him. So you know, I wish Masunda all the best at the test, um, but we'll see in due time whether it's a step back or a step forward i think that he's going to be a pretty solid competitor in the dutch league you know i think it's a good league for him um but i don't know if he can come back from Vitesse and instantly step into the chelsea first team that's the problem um, so yeah um, another player that i was really interested in to see how and how he does on his uh, first loan was trevo chalaba uh, the brother of nathaniel chalaba and i just want to put this out here that When we sold Nathaniel Chalaba, I was uh, pretty upset. So, you know, I have high hopes for his brother that uh, he can stay at Chelsea and be a contender for the first team. So anyways, he's done pretty solid at Ipswich. Um, Similar to uh, Ampadu, uh, when he goes and plays for the Wales senior team, he's actually been playing in midfield. So Chalaba's been playing in midfield for Ipswich. He's, you know, he's had seven games, which is pretty good. Um, and he's had a who scored rating of uh, 7.09 so you know what I'm actually pretty impressed you know for playing in the championship you know you don't you never want to talk bad about that league because it's a pretty competitive league Um, and yeah I I respect people who play in that league and you know it's not the Premier League but you know what it's he's getting game time he's playing against solid opponents you know Tammy Abram um, ripped up the championship when he was down there and only got better so you know what good for him for choosing a long move to the championship and I hope he comes back um, a stronger player. Anyways, moving on, we have the curious case of uh, Lucas Piazon. So it's kind of interesting to see what Sarri is going to be doing with this kid, you know, he's not really much of a kid anymore, he's 24 years old. Um, So he can play both wings and he can play attacking midfield and you know, at this kid's peak. He was worth about 8 million, um, but now if you go on the transfer market, you know, he's really only worth about 2.5 million. So it's going to be interesting to see what Sari does because Sari's included him in his Premier League squad, but he hasn't included him in the Europa League squad. And once again, like with Danny Drinkwater, you know, what does Sari have in his plans? Because, you know, I really don't think he's going to be starting in the Premier League anytime soon for Chelsea. Um, it's really the only chances he had would have had for the first team were in Europa League or in cup games um, So, you know, he only has a contract with us until 2019 at the end of this season and uh, I don't really know if he's gonna be extended I think he's gonna be one of those players that's just you know finally transferred after you know years and years of loans like you look at this kid um, He's gone to the tests. He's gone to Frankfurt. He's gone to reading he spent seasons at Fulham as well you know personally I thought when Fulham were promoted I thought he was going to be sold to Fulham so you know what I was surprised when he stayed back um but then at the same time you know I've seen on social media that he's actually really solid friends with Jorginho um, so is that another piece of the puzzle that convinced Jorginho to come to Chelsea I don't think that it was solely Lucas Piazon um, for the reason why Jorginho came to Chelsea I think Sari played a huge influence as well um, but at the same time it's going to be interesting to see what he does um, me personally, um, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a choice between either he's finally gonna get transferred, or I think he's gonna get a one year extension and then sent on loan again. Um, I don't really know if he has what it takes to break into the Chelsea squad. Um, I think he's a really solid Championship player. Once again, coming back to the Championship, I think he's a really solid Championship player. Um, but I just don't know if he has what it takes to be starting for a top tier team like Chelsea. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what Sari does. Um, anyways, moving on, we have um, my personal assessment of the first few games. So personally, I think it's been a really solid start for Chelsea. Um, I am thoroughly impressed with Sarri. Um, his tactics have just completely changed the mentality of Chelsea. Um, we actually attack which is incredible. Um, The thing that always really annoyed me with Conte towards the end, don't get me wrong. I liked Conte at the beginning. I respect him for winning us a championship. Um, But the ability to adapt to your opponents is something that I thoroughly respect. And I don't really think Conte did that. Um, He was very kind of stubborn in his ways. Um, (laughs) I don't want to compare the two, but you know, it's very similar to Jose Mourinho and his parking the bus tactics, you know. Conte was very set on the wingback formation. Um, you know, his hazard false nine experiment was, well, we'll just forget about that. Um, and to be honest, I don't really know if I can forgive him for selling Diego Costa. That man was an absolute beast for Chelsea. And I think their training row was just another one of the aftermaths of uh, his reign at Chelsea. So you know what, but it's happened. Uh, We can only move on from it, you know, I think Sarri's done a really good job of coming in and changing this team You know, he's brought in, he hasn't brought in a lot of players, but you know, the players he's brought in have been pretty solid Um, I was really happy when he brought in Jorginho. It's a great midfield pairing with Conte Um, But then also bringing in Kovacic was a uh, was a great coup for him. I think uh, I think that was a very solid deal I think that Kovacic can stay for Chelsea, and I think he can sign. I don't think there's a explicit agreement, but I definitely think that Kovacic wants to stay at Chelsea. Um, and the other thing that I really respect sorry for was dealing with the Courtois situation finally, you know. He never really explicitly said it, but you always knew that Courtois wanted to go back to Madrid, and you, you just knew it was coming. There was no hiding it. You know, he could say that he was committed to the team he was blue in the face but you, you knew deep down the court, so I wanted to go back to madrid um, so bringing in Keppa, a world record signing um as one of your first signings as a manager is a very bold decision but you know what so far kappa's been pretty solid um he's young he's gonna make mistakes so we need to remember that he's young he's gonna make mistakes you know things are gonna happen but you know what, he dealt with the Courtois situation quickly, swiftly, got a replacement, you know, we didn't start the season with Caballero in net, which is a bonus, so you know what, good for him, and you know, it's really hard to respect Courtois after what he's done, you know, all he's done is he's gone to Madrid and just talked negatively about Chelsea, you know, whether it's the fans in the stadium or training or the players he's with, like, you still gotta remember, like, this is one of the teams that raised you to become the goalie you are and raised you to be, you know, a top tier goalie in a top tier league. So, you know, I think there's a real lack of respect that he has for Chelsea, but then, you know, he's saying that, you know, the negativity from fans is, you know, making him sad. Well, maybe you shouldn't be consistently talking to the media about negativity towards Chelsea. On just simple things like playing in front of a wall of fans you know stanford bridge can be a fortress when it wants to be you know it isn't the stadium that real madrid play at but you know what come on like it's still a pretty solid stadium you know i live in canada and i would love to go to stanford bridge and you know what i i've just from watching the games i can tell that that stadium is an absolute fortress so you know how can you talk negatively about that anyways uh, moving on to my assessment with sorry, you moving on with it. Um, there's definitely been a few emerging stars in the system. Um, Jorginho and Kovacic have done nothing but impress me. Um, Kovacic and Hazard specifically have made a really good pairing, um, especially when the two of them came on as substitutes. Um, and surprisingly enough, it's always been interesting with our winger situation. You know, Hazard is always going to start he's always our number one left wing but then when it comes to right wing you know you have willian and pedro and I know willian gets a lot of flack and pedro gets a lot of flack but in this system pedro has been very solid you know he's been scoring goals he's been assisting them and i've actually been very very impressed with them so you know what all the power to him and you know what i hope he gets more starts and i hope because of this too you know i hope he gets a spain call up so hopefully fingers crossed um Moving on, Um, having Louise in our centre-back pairing was an interesting decision. I didn't really know how to feel about that at first, you know. I think Andreas Christensen had a very solid um, season, last season, coming back from his uh, two-year loan in Germany, Um, and he definitely cemented his place in, so, you know, taking him out and then putting in Louise was an interesting decision. You know what, Louise has been pretty good, but at the same time, I would really like to see Christensen in. I feel like Christensen doesn't make as many mistakes as Louise, but then at the same time, you can't doubt um, the veteran presence and leadership skills that David Louise holds. And uh, so yeah. And then the last thing for my assessment is when is enough is enough for Murata with Chelsea? You know, He started so much last season because you you know that him and Conte have a very tight bond and the two of them get along very well. So you know that no matter what Murata was going to be his target, and it makes you wonder when Conte came to Chelsea, was he always planning on bringing Murata on? So you know maybe there is another level of the whole Costa row that we didn't know about. Um, But it's going to be very interesting to see when Chelsea and sorry specifically pull the plug on Murata. you know, he's had a lot going on, you know, he's, he's switched leagues, and that's a very tough thing, but at the same time, you know, you've got to win games, and, you, you know, you can't win games without scoring goals, and, you know, Eden Hazard and Pedro can't do everything themselves, like, striker needs to start scoring, so it's going to be interesting to see how that whole situation folds up, but at the same time, you got Giroud, who hasn't scored a goal in 900 minutes, so what do you do? It is what it is, you know, people have been talking about bringing Hazard into the Mertens role, but I don't know, I feel like Hazard is at his best on the wing, and he should stay on the wing, no matter how bad your strikers are. Leave Hazard on the wing, please. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on, I'll finish up with a little transfer roundup. Um, so, carrying on with the topic of defense. Um, Gary Cahill, you know, he's been a very solid servant to Chelsea, he can't deny what he's done, you know, he's pretty much won everything with us, Um, but I think both Chelsea fans and Gary himself know that his time is coming up, Um, and he's also kind of been making it clear lately that he kind of wants an exit um, in January at the absolute earliest. There was big talks of him moving to Turkey, um, but at the same time he's also said that he's willing to play for a Premier League rival, Um, so you know, is he maybe going to go to like one of those mid-table teams like Watford or Burnley, you know, one of those Brexit teams, who knows. Um, So yeah, it'll be very interesting to follow up on that. Um, In other news, it was also released that um, Amparu had a loan to Derby County blocked, so it was a very interesting decision. You know, he could have worked with Frank Lampard. You know, he could have gotten solid minutes. Um, but at this moment, you know what? I want to trust Sari. I think he's in Sari's plans. I think he's going to get game time. You know, he was included in the Europa League squad. I think he's going to be a very solid presence in the Europa League. So I think Sari had a plan. He wants to develop him. Um, and you know what? I'm all for it. So, even though it would have been cool to see him work with Frank Lampard, you know what? Chelsea legend. I feel like Sarri has a plan for Ampadu and I'm going to trust that plan. Um, Danny Drinkwater, another uh, English player, um, along with Gary Cahill, also linked with an exit. Um, I never really understood why we bought him, like really, I never understood this move. It was very interesting and for the money we spent on him, it was just ludicrous, like $35 million for him when he's barely played games for us and you knew from the start that he wasn't going to start games for us. Like. That was a very questionable decision, um, but anyways, I think his nightmare at Chelsea is finally gonna be over. You know, he's not included in the Europa League, so he's not gonna get much game time. Luck, maybe a couple FA Cup games if he's lucky. Um, so I think if he wants to save his career, he needs to go to. I think he's been linked with back to go to Leicester City. You know, it may, may be good for him to go back, um, but he's also been linked with Southampton as well. So we'll see where he goes Um, but you know i'm all for him leaving he needs to save his career so do what you gotta do um also it has been linked that john terry is going to be coming back into football not in management but as a player he's still going to be playing um so there's been photos on social media and it's been seen on twitter as well that he's been heavily linked to a move to spartak moscow with rumors even saying that he's completed a medical Um, so you know what John Terry and first tier Russian football I wouldn't have really guessed it Um, but it's going to be really interesting if he does sign with Spartak because they are playing Girard's Rangers in the Europa League so you know what I think that's going to be an amazing uh, matchup I think there's going to be a little bit of bad blood but we'll see how it goes so you know what I'm all for John Terry, you know, continuing his career. The man wants to play, so you know what, let him. I don't think he's going to be running up against Chelsea anytime soon. And you know what, he's loyal. So if the opportunity did come for him to play against Chelsea, I don't think he'd take it personally. Um, I think he'd sit out that game and, you know, there was even rumors that if Aston Villa did get promoted last year, which they didn't, um, he would have got an extension clause for one more year, but there would have been a clause In that contract that would let him sit out both games against Chelsea I don't think this man ever wants to play against Chelsea so you know what Spartak and Chelsea are in the Europa League by some reason they do play against each other I don't think that John Terry is gonna play against us Um, and then what I want to finish up on is Marcos Alonso so I kind of touched on him on the international roundup Um, but you know what I think Marcos Alonso deserves respect I really think he gets uh, a lack of respect by a lot of Chelsea fans and the man needs to be respected. Um, If he can improve defensively, which I know he can, um, he can easily be one of the top five left backs in the world and one of the top left backs in the British Premier League. Um, The man's just started playing for Spain as well Um, and in his uh, game for Spain, you know, he had the most touches, he had 103 touches, he had the most key passes, and he had a 92% pass accuracy. And a cool fact about him as well is he is the first third generation Spain player. So his grandfather's played for Spain, his father's played for Spain, and now he's playing for Spain. Um, but anyways, going back, you know, he can sometimes be a defensive liability. Um, but you know what? Who isn't? Everyone's going to make mistakes. I think that Marco Alonso is a very key player for Chelsea. I hope to see him in the Spain squad more. And you know what? He definitely deserves respect. So anyways, this is the end of our first podcast. Um, If you listened all the way to the end, thank you for listening. I appreciate your support. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good afternoon.